The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchievemore.com and CC1Consulting.com, and I'm delighted to be back with you again for another week. Um, let me first start by uh, thanking Michael Dodd, who was a, a fascinating guest last week. Now, we talked about media, uh, and when I listened back to these shows or, or for my notes, I always like to take a point or two that I'll action myself. So, you know, a good idea when you're listening to these is to just write a couple of points down that uh, you want to take some action on and then go away and take some action. Uh, for me last week, it was about uh, the key thing was about writing a press release, like a newspaper article, and to make it easier for journalists. Um, I thought it was a really good tip for me. So uh, it'd be interesting to know uh, what your, if you were listening to that show last week, what your kind of points were from it. Now, my aim with these shows is to bring you a little master classes with top international experts in the field so that you can really use them to help you better your business and your circumstances and if you have any examples where ideas from this show have enabled you to do um, just that then please do share them feel free to email me email me sorry email me at chris at be more now this week i'm sitting here with a little blue band on my wrist courtesy of my friends at positive ground and the idea of it is if you grumble or complain, then you must move the band across to the other wrist. Now, so far in about 30 hours, it's moved twice. Uh, you're supposed to wear it for 21 days, and then by then you should be experiencing a habit change. Now, I'm hoping Positive Ground sent them out to all of their connections and didn't just target me, thinking, hmm, who do we know that could really benefit from this? Ah, I better send one to Chris. But uh, thanks very much. Um, really good, good and good fun. Uh, someone who inspired me today I'd love to give a mention to is my cousin, Nick Cooper. Now, Nick's in his mid-30s, and I had a real health shock last week, and we chatted this morning, and not a single word of complaining or moaning about his situation passed his lips, and, you know, good luck with your recovery, Nick. Full respect to you, mate, and I don't think you need one of these blue bands. Um, so, over to today's show. Now, a key ingredient for success in business is, of course, leadership, and I think few people could argue with that. But, you know, what are the skills, and how do you develop them? Now, my guest today is Neil Lawton. Neil's the CEO and founder of the Business Leadership Academy. He served in the Royal Marines and Special Air Service Regiment, 21 SAS, before founding a group of companies in the construction industry. He grew his business to £40 million turnover and then sold it to a FTSE 100 company, Balfour Beatty. Now, doing that, um, and the way I've said it, it may make it sound like it was easy, and of course it wasn't. You know, chatting with Neil, it took him 17 years of leadership and hard work to do it. Uh, Neil is also a recipient of the Ness Award for Inspirational Leadership from the Royal Geographical Society. He's led adventurous expeditions all over the world. 
He's climbed the highest mountain on each continent. That includes Mount Everest twice. Uh, he's skied to the geographic north and south poles. He's made 12 first ascents in Greenland. He's circumnavigated the UK on a jet ski and, quite incredibly, piloted the world's first road-legal biofueled flying car across the Sahara Desert. Uh, so welcome to Neil Lawton. Hi, Chris. Hi, you're good. You're still there. <laughs> uh, now, the times when... Um, I do wonder, Neil, are the times when you could benefit from a blue band or after that long list of achievements, uh, are you just superhuman? No, not at all. Um, a blue band sounds quite an interesting concept. Generally speaking, I don't tend to wear rings or bracelets, but, um, yeah, I'll try anything. <laughs> Excellent. We'll see, see if we can get you one. <laughs> uh, so, Neil, could you, could we sort of start off perhaps by you maybe defining, in your words, you know, what is leadership? Oh, now you're going straight in with the uh, million dollar question, Chris. Do you know someone once said, um, leadership? Like beauty, perhaps it's hard to define, but you know it when you see it. And um, I looked up earlier today the um, the actual definition from Wikipedia, and it says a process of social influence in which one person can enlist the aid and support of others in the accomplishment of a common task. But you know, for me, I think leadership is when someone creates a compelling and inspirational picture of the future, and you know whatever the current situation may be at the time. Um, so is, is, is it something then that, you know, is natural in people? I mean, were you a natural-born leader, or, you know, do you think leadership is something that you learn? I think it's like your blue bracelet. Some people naturally kind of pessimistic and, and not optimistic, and, and others are, you know, full of energy and optimism. And I think, you know, if you're one of the latter you'll find leadership fairly natural. Um, but for others, perhaps um, the opposite side m may struggle. Mm. So, <clears throat> so, so, so you think it leadership sort of suits certain personality types more than others? I do. I think people um, who are naturally optimistic, uh, have energy, enthusiasm, um, you know, will naturally align themselves with more of a, a leadership role. Uh, and is some of that, do you think, about having, like, you know, a people, an orientation towards people? I mean, do you have to, do you have to like people and get on well with people to lead them really well? Um, I think there are ca characteristics. Um, it helps, certainly, because uh, at the end of the day, leadership is about influencing people, isn't it? Um, it used to be in the old days a controlling uh, mechanism, but I think nowadays it's more about uh, influencing people and getting them to, to be in a, a better space and, and perform better. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, and do you think, um, I mean, do, do you have any leaders that you really, really admire? Is there anybody? Yeah, you, you bet. I've got a few uh, uh, spring to mind. Winston Churchill, probably, you know, w one of the greatest individuals for courage. He had conviction and commitment to a cause to get us out of a terrible, sticky mess. Um, I also rather like um, Bob Geldof, you know, yeah. uh, the musician turned humanitarian. I don't know, he's just got great vision, um, you know, he, he cares for society and humanity, and um, also he's got this sort of bloody-mindedness about him, you know, he just never gives up. And, of course, everyone loves the um, their favourite Richard Branson, don't they? Uh, he's just full of passion, determination, and a lot of fun. Absolutely. I, I suppose yeah. my personal favourite is Ernest Shackleton. Um, for those who don't know, he was a kind of 20th century polar explorer. 
And um, it was on a, a, an expedition, 1915, when his ship uh, sank in the Antarctic waters and with 27 men stranded. He, you know, he just sort of gathered them all to, on the ice pack, um, you know, set out, uh, told them exactly what the, the, the score was, not that anybody was any doubt of their uh, imminent danger. But he just gave them uh, the confidence and, and simply said, uh, apparently, to the words, OK, boys, let's go home. So inspiring confidence in, in his men. And it was a three year journey to get them back. But uh, every single one of them made it home. Wow. And when you were, you were growing up, Neil, were, was, was it people like Ernest Shackleton that really inspired you? I mean, did, did, did you have did you have pictures of these people on your wall or were, were you like uh, like me and had rock stars and things like that? I can't really remember. Um, I, I think probably pop stars were on the wall, but uh, you know, certainly as I matured, I was reading stories of uh, Scott of Antarctic and, and Shackleton, and uh, and also some war heroes from you know First and Second World War, and those are really inspirational figures. And, and do you think by I mean by studying these people, is that a really a good way to you know help you think about the different components of leadership? Um, you know, reading their books and uh, people like uh, like the Bransons and the Geldofs and the Shackletons. Yeah, I, I just struggle finding the time to read all these books. Um, there's a stack of them on my bedside table. But um, yeah, no, it's, it, it is inspirational and, and you can learn an awful lot. And I don't think um, people are born into leadership. You have to practice it. You have to uh, train yourself and, and observe other people and, and see other people's mistakes and you can learn from it. Yeah, I guess it, I guess it requires kind of a, a leap of faith, doesn't it, to to put yourself out there and, uh, and 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 be the leader and give it a go if you're somebody who's used to following. Yeah, you bet. Um, you know, it takes great courage. It takes um, you know conviction to stand up. It takes you know, uh, if you like, a, a bit of passion to to step up. Uh, certainly, a lot of um, in, in my case, self confidence. I was really shy when I was young. Um, you know, it wasn't until 12, 13 that I would, um, you know, even consider saying boo to a goose. Yeah. Yeah, me, me too, actually. Uh, me too. And uh, it was something I didn't actually necessarily see in my belief system that the people who, who stood up and, you know, stood up in the front of the class or uh, put themselves out there, it was, in my upbringing, it was slightly like you were showing off. Uh, so it was only in my later years that I realised, actually, putting myself out there, I can actually add more value through doing it um, if you felt the same way. Yeah, I, I, th I think that's exactly right. Um, you know, everyone is different. That's the main thing. And um, people, you know, arrive at a leadership opportunity and situation sometimes in a crisis, you know. Um, you know, you find people have very, very ordinary lives and then all of a sudden a bomb goes off and, you know, most extraordinary acts of courage and um, you know, leadership come out in adversity. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's when you discover your true capabilities in those situations. Yeah, absolutely. So what are the problems that you typically see in leaders today? Well, do you know, having spent 20 odd years in, in business, running my own company, companies and uh, working for others, I often see, you know, that uh, a lot of a lot of people are over over promoted. Um, you know, everyone nowadays is sort of uh, have, has a title of uh, manager or director. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, sort of over promotion, overpaying. 
uh, just to keep people in the company is, is quite common, I think. And generally in my experience ends in, in tears. But, um, I suppose the outcome of that is that in, sort of inexperienced managers, I, I find tend to lead in a transactional type of way. By that, I mean, they, they adopt a sort of carrot and stick. You know, you, you will do this. And if you succeed, I'll give you extra money. Uh, if you don't, you're going to be fired. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I think, um, what we, I think as aspiring great leaders need to start thinking about is, is leading in a transformational leadership way. And, um, this is where we have to demonstrate great vision, uh, good communication and, and use some emotional intelligence in the way that we lead. Um, really just to inspire others to follow us. And I guess that's, you know, we've got a couple of minutes to commercial break. So, um, I won't, won't talk about this for too much longer, but, um, and again, I guess for people, if particularly if they've maybe got a financial or a kind of system sort of orientation that, you know, sometimes you find those kind of styles of people don't necessarily get the importance of what you just described around, you know, engaging, motivating, inspiring, setting the vision. Um, so for those sorts of people, I guess that, you know, some of these skills are, are perhaps a bit more of a stretch. You know, they're, they're, they're very important in what they do, but actually that the area of leadership might not come as naturally to them as, as others. Yeah, I think prob- probably what you're talking about is the differences between managing and leading. And, um, I think, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of leadership's all about taking some risk. And whereas, you know, managers tend to be programmed to avoid risks. They're following rules. They're doing, doing the way the comp- following the, the company's procedures book and manual. Um, so it's, it's about doing, doing everything, you know, like you've been told to do it. Whereas leadership is, is a little bit different. It's about setting new strategies and, and new goals and, and inspiration. So there's a bit of a dilemma there. So you know, we're asking our managers and, uh, to be leaders, but actually asking them, you know, to follow a, a set of rules, which is not, in essence, a, a leadership trait. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. We'll just quickly come back to that after the commercial break, but we're going to be back with you again in just a couple of minutes, and then we're going to look at the essential qualities of leadership, and I'm sure Neil will share some of his uh, very exciting, adventurous stories with us as well. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. 
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, Chris Cooper, bemoreachievemore.com and CC1 Consulting. I was just talking with uh, Neil Lawton about uh, leadership. And just during the break, uh, Neil and I were chatting about um, kind of organizational culture and, uh, and that some organizations are, are better than others at allowing leadership to kind of flourish. I just wonder if you want to share um, those. And your, your quote uh, from Peter Drucker, which I thought was really uh, good, um, Neil. Yeah, Peter Drucker um, uh, quoted management is doing things right and leadership is doing the right thing. And, um, yeah, we were chatting about some big organizations just choking leadership at, at its root and not allowing people to express themselves and, uh, and almost sometimes to, uh, to a point where there's, there's a failure, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, great fear of failure in, in business. Actually, um, to be a great leader, you do need to experience failure, I think. So, so what are the, from your perspective, are the essential qualities required of a great leader? <laughs> now, um, somebody once told me there are 250 essential qualities or more than those. So, <laughs> uh, how long have you got, Chris? <laughs> well, let, let's, let's have your top, top five, six or seven, something like that. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I, well, I think from that huge list, uh, to be a great leader, you've got to have probably at least five or six, seven of these qualities. Um, the first and, and, you know, a lot of surveys that I've seen, um, routinely have this, uh, as number one, and that's integrity. You know, followers just want to know that their, um, their leader is honest, uh, kind of fair and, and trustworthy. So it, integrity has to be number one. Uh, I think passion, and conviction, enthusiasm and commitment to a cause is probably up there in the top three. Um, competence. They, they say that, um, you can't really be a leader without some knowledge, technical skills or, or experience. Um, I also think as a leader, you need to have a, a kind of a forward thinking mindset. So, so innovation or being innovative is quite important. Um, you know, being creative and, and also a little bit adventurous in your, in your leadership. Probably number five would be, um, emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence. Um, of course, we're talking about self-awareness, um, having a social conscience, um, and of course, being able to have good communication skills with people. So relational skills, very important, clearly. Uh, and then finally, the last couple, I would say, um, probably a bit I know, controversial maybe, but, um, I think nowadays in the so much going on, so many, you know, different, different things going, going on, distractions, you need to have a bit of charisma. And I suppose if anything, with my adventuring career running alongside my business career, you've got to stand out. You have to um, look to, to, for differentiation and, um, being charismatic or having something a little bit different about you, um, which combines some confidence, um, being persuasive and, and certainly energetic, I think is, is really important. Uh, and then finally courage. You've got to be mentally strong, I think resilient and, and have, you know, good moral compass. 
There you so go. A, Seven out of two hundred and fifty. Wow. So there's a there's a fair few uh a fair few pointers there. Is, is, is there a book with the 250 in it that people can I've refer not, to? I've no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, so, either. <laughs> so, so integrity and honesty, passion, uh, and conviction, uh, competence, innovation, emotional intelligence, charisma and courage. Well, it's a good starter for seven, isn't it? Yeah, I think, um, I think if you have, uh, some elements of all those, you have a great chance of being a good leader. Yeah. And you say, and you say elements. I mean, I just, I couldn't help thinking when looking at integrity and honesty, you know, someone like, you know, Adolf Hitler who clearly was, uh, you know, managed to en- engage a lot of people. Um, but actually. Yes. But five years later, he shot himself in a bunker. So, I mean, you know, what's, what, what's that all about? Very true. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, integrity and honesty. You, know, you couldn't, uh, necessarily put that as a quality could you yeah i mean i thought you were going uh, to to ask about um you know do you need to have all of these at 100 percent? well you know that's probably saying that we're all perfect or expecting people to be perfect which of course is uh is nonsense and um you know it's important to uh, i think relay that you know you can have elements of of all these there's some like integrity that i think you need to be 100 percent on but you know nobody nobody's perfect and um if you're not that charismatic or you you know you you're not as courageous as you might like to be i don't think that's um you know going to going to prevent you from being a great leader so it depends on the situation um that you happen to be in and the environment that you're uh attempting to lead in and i guess then the reality is that with with leadership the more you kind of practice it uh, the more you learn the more challenges you will have to overcome uh, and ultimately the more wisdom you would will have Absolutely. And as we said before, the, you know, the, the, the times where you, um, you make some mistakes and you go, okay, I shouldn't have done that or I shouldn't have said that. I'm often uh, putting my foot into it. Um, I did it twice last night at a black tie dinner party, but you know, <laughs> one has to move on and hopefully people don't feel too bad about, uh, about things afterwards or you, you know, send some flowers or uh, whatever you, you need to do to, to apologize. Um, but, uh, you, life, life, goes on i think leadership you have to you have to be looking forwards the whole time if you look back start to look back you um, probably start applying for your your blue wristband again yeah yeah so what what, are, what have been your toughest then leadership challenges what have you learned from the most yeah i've, I've had a i've had a few but I, I think probably um in terms of leadership actually leading and managing strong personalities such as um my friend bear grills is quite and trying and uh, and also i suppose if uh, you're also trying to lead a a team of um, relative pessimists it's obviously uh, quite challenging but uh, in terms of um kind of assignments uh, i suppose two spring to mind um the first would be my my commercial interiors business opl uh, and then the second would be my skycar expedition which you mentioned in your introduction so the first um, opl was um a commercial interiors business and we we had a, a sort of 17 year track record towards the end of my time there before we sold out it was rapidly expanding um, we were designing building furnishing offices for all sorts of people from uh, bmw to um, baa and disney goldman sachs virgin and so on and so forth um you know it was quite stressful we were delivering projects up to 20 million in value um 
you know, we're running at full capacity uh, and trying to coordinate and look after people and right the way around the country. Um, and that was, I must admit, pretty, pretty challenging. Um, and as a business gets bigger, you'd start getting problems of, you know, company politics, which, um, which is quite destabilizing. But, um, the adventurous project I mentioned, Skycar, that was, um, that was probably, if I had to pick one, the most single challenging, um, assignment, toughest ch- uh, challenge, a uh, leadership challenge I've, I've experienced. And that was, um, uh, 2008 9, we, with my friend Giles Cardozo, we designed the world's first road legal bio, biofuel flying car. Um, and it was my responsibility to lead a maiden voyage, uh, uh, from London to Timbuktu, some 10,000 kilometers. Um, kind of as you do, you pick these sort of missions in the, uh, over a beer and sort of think, uh, are you mad later? But we, um, we did it. It took 46 days. I was, um, the team leader and chief pilot. So quite a lot of stress. Um, and, and no, no real rest. So 46 days without, without a break, really leading a team of, um, sort of 18 people in total, including, uh, having a, Channel 4 documentary team on my tail the whole time. So, um, yeah, and, and sort of, you know, the, the physical stress as well as, um, the mental stress of leadership through that kind of a journey with, um, you know, crossing eight different countries. We had to go across minefields. Uh, I flew across the Straits of Gibraltar as a first and, and got arrested. Um, and then we had the 2000 kilometer stretch of Sahara desert to attend to. So yeah, that was probably my, my toughest leadership challenge. Crikey. And uh, <clears throat> what, what attracted you to doing that? Cause was it the fact that no one's done it before? Well, yeah, that was certainly uh, one aspect. It was exciting. It's, um, you know, it's a great opportunity when you do um, an adventurous expedition to get, um, and, and to select a, a really top notch, team of people and you know for me you know some of the the some of the scenarios where you you go to um to to have friends you create friends in the in a sort of big corporate or you know even a big um city environment it's quite transient it's quite um superficial relationships when you do a 46 day uh, journey uh with a certain amount of danger attached to it you create really strong personal relationships with these people and they become friends for life and that's at the end of the day really really rewarding yeah and uh, how I, I, how do you you know keep people motivated when when things are tough and how, you know, how do you keep them committed you know you mentioned the opl example when he got really 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 busy and uh and obviously all those challenges with skycar uh over 46 days people must start to you know, get low on energy and uh, yeah and i think um, I mean, that's that's the nux of the of the issue with 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 leadership isn't it and you've got some of those qualities coming out and that's that's what that's what it's all about that's what we um you know we try and you know get this experience of, of leading and, and for these sorts of situations. But, um, I suppose for, for me, one of the, the, certainly in business, um, I discovered that not everybody is so motivated by money. You know, a lot of people just simply want to, you know, be the master of something. They, they want some autonomy and they, and they want to be part of a, a team or, a, and have a sense of purpose. Um, I suppose if you also, and the number one thing that, that employees want is, is recognition. Thanks for doing a good job, a, a pat on the back, you know, um, 
that goes a long way, I think. Um, you know, to, together with, you know, self-esteem and sense of achievements. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. I think, uh, it's, it's easy to assume, isn't it, that people are motivated by, by money. And for some people, um, sometimes do work around eliciting people's values. And you, you, you might find that actually, uh, you know, the money or finance is about, you know, five or six on the list. Uh, it's yeah, not absolutely. The top. It's, way, it's, not... it's way down. And, um, I'm sure they've done, um, you know, I've, I seem to remember lots of sort of tests of, of doing stuff like the, um, the marshmallow challenge where, you know, you, you offer a financial prize and, and actually it makes no difference to the, uh, to the performance of the team actually at the end of the day. I, I was quite intrigued the other day. I, di- I discovered, oh, sorry, that's my phone go. Um, I discovered that, um, uh, there is a bit of a difference between uh, motivation and inspiration. Did you, do you know what? I'm sure you do. Well, go for it. Well, Apparently, motivation is an act of giving an incentive, probably monetary, whereas um, inspiration is all about exerting influence on people. So I think, you know, uh, we should not be talking so much about motivating people, but inspiring them. Hmm. De- definitely. Yeah. Um, that's what we try and do with think, this show. Um, I also think, um, you know, quality of communication is, is really important as well. If you can get, um, you know, the, the type of communication that's appropriate. It's not all about emailing people. It's, it's, it's about sitting down with them, looking them in the eyes and having a, a good one-to-one conversation sometimes. Uh, and we've only got a couple of minutes till we go to commercial break, but, uh, you know, is, is, do you think things like, you know, really understanding their personality types and the profiling tools and these sorts of things are important? I think, it, I think they definitely help. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what sort of things do you, you t- use in those situations? Is, 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 is it more intuitive gut feel trying to work someone out, thing out, or do you, do you actually you know, give them a test to do? Well, uh, what we've been doing in the, um, I mean, I, I'm familiar with, uh, as I'm sure your listeners are, with the sort of Myers Briggs uh, personality profiling uh, questionnaires, which are which are great. But you know, for me, uh, it's a, it's about um, being intuitive and, and on the moment. You know, when you meet somebody, you need to be able to engage with them. Um, pretty, pretty much straight away because first impressions, uh, count. So I came across, um, a, uh, uh, a psychometric tool called bioenergetics the other day and we've been teaching it at the business leadership academy, my academy. And it's all about, um, a real time in the moment analysis of personality. So, you know, you can't go, for example, to a, a sales pitch and, and ask your cl- prospective client to fill out this uh, questionnaire so you could have a, a better chance at a, a good yeah. relationship. That's uh, obviously ridiculous and not possible. But with um, with this new technique, we can we can help people to analyze uh, people in the moment um, and work out what uh, their preferred world is, what what you should and shouldn't do in, in a given situation. And uh, it seems to be working really, really powerfully. Fantastic. Yeah, now those, those things are very, very valuable. I, I, I love some of these tools as one I may have mentioned on the show before, talent dynamics, which I, I personally work with and find very, very helpful. So they're good, good ways. Also, um, we did, had a show with, uh, John Kramer and John talked about, you know, his, his methodology of actually just trying to assess personality type by looking at the physical characteristics of people. So if you're interested in that, uh, that might be a good show for you to refer back to. We're going to go to commercial break again now. And then afterwards, we're going to, uh, uh, take some more advice and, uh, listen to a few more stories. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. <music> 
from the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. What if you were able to make extra money in your free time? Okay, we hear that all the time. But High Yield is all about finding investment strategies that have proven results. Your hosts, Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds, will bring you the insider tips that will help create double-digit yields and give you the quality of life you want, despite a troubled economy. Just keep your mind open and listen every week for High Yield with Frank and Dave. Fridays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. Uh, I'm with uh, Neil Lawton, um, leadership expert and adventurer, and uh, we're talking about, obviously, about how to become a better leader. And I, I just wondered, uh, Neil, I mean, how have you any any specific advice for you know aspiring team leaders, people who are sitting there thinking, you know, uh, I, I aspire to do that. I do that more in my in my job or career or or, or adventurous endeavours. Yeah, I think um, there's much to be said for. Um, just giving it a go, stepping up, um, and seeing what happens and learning, learning by your, um, you know, just a, as you go along. But I've, I've, um, as you know, uh, spent quite a few years sort of learning experiences, uh, leadership in, in sort of military setting and in, in business and on adventurous expeditions. And I, I'm a real firm believer in keeping things as simple as possible. So if you have a, a, a plan, um, you know, to follow that's really, really easy. You can, um, you know, when things, the chips are down or, um, you know, things aren't going your way, you can refer to it really, really easily. And there's a thing that I use called the team leaders aid memoir, and it's just got five headings. So it's really very simple to remember. And the first is to ask yourself, what's, what's the mission? What's my mission? So mission is number one. Um, and the what, and what we're looking for is, you know, is there clarity, uh, do we have simplicity? And of course, is it achievable? And the number two is, is having a purpose. So that's, you ask yourself the question, why? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing, um, this particular uh, mission? And of course, you need to consider the overall vision of the, the organization, your own personal values, um, whether the thing that you're being asked to do or thinking about doing has integrity. Um, obviously the, the most important quality of, 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 in leadership as we discussed. Number three is the strategy or if you like the how, how are you going to do something? So that of course includes planning. It includes looking at what resources you might have. And also very importantly, um, particularly in a military setting, I suppose, and, and business, um, you know, the, the, the first plan never 
survives contact with the enemy, as they say. So having a contingency plan is, is really important. Uh, number four is, of course, the team, and that's the who. Who's going to help you uh, achieve um, the mission? So, you know, we're considering, of course, uh, do we have capability in the team? Uh, do, does the team trust itself? And, and is there good communications um, or a process of communicating with each other? And then finally, commitment, number five. That's the when. We're talking about what's the time frame of this mission um, or exercise. Do we have um, persistence and determination to see it through? And what does the outcome, what does success look like? So a very simple uh, aid memoir for team leaders. Uh, one of the, th- the things in there that you were you mentioned uh, around, uh, I think it was in was in strategy and planning, but yeah, planning of about kind of contingent, sorry, contingency and things is, um, is, uh, is that when you're doing these kind of activities, you, you know, you might plan something to go a certain way, but you know, you have all sorts of change and uncertainty and, and crises. And I know that, um, you were, you were upon Everest on a very bad night, um, um, weather-wise, um, on one, so one particular occasion. I mean, how do you cope with those things, and how does a team cope with this this uncertainty and change and key issues that may occur along the route? Well, I think um, uh, experience is is important, but um, I think you know when you're talking about change, um, we did a little masterclass a couple of days ago. We're talking about change. Change is is inevitable, you know, in life. Uh, all organisms, including businesses, need to change for its very survival. Um, you know, things, if they stay still too long, they won't survive. So I, I think for me, coping with, with change is, it should be, you know, the, the best thing, best approach. If the change is, is for good, you can see that it's actually potential for, for good. Then you've got to accept it and help cement it into the organization. Um, and as a leader, you know, uh, help others who are struggling perhaps with, with that change. So um, the other thing I'd say is, you know, change can be quite exciting. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have to be negative, you know. Mm. I mean, how, how did you how did you sort of cope? You, you were in, on Everest in a snowstorm and a number of people died, didn't they? How, how did you, you and the team cope in that sort of situation? Um, that was a, a scenario um, back in 96, um, uh, John Krakow read a, uh, wrote a book about, um, called Into Thin Air. And I happened to be, uh, at the South Col at the time. And it was, um, yes, it was a very difficult, um, tragic set of circumstances and, and a scenario where, um, uh, over the course of a 48 hour period, people were uh, missing, um, presumed dead and, uh, and others confirmed, uh, dead on the mountain and didn't make it through. Um, how does one cope? Um, you know, obviously in a crisis like that, you have to step up. You have to um, put your personal fears and, and sometimes safety behind you uh, and do what's best to make the best of a bad situation. And and that in itself takes, I think, courage and some of the qualities that we've been talking about in the program um, to overcome. And it's n- it's natural to be fearful, but, um, you know, to have some form of, um, you know, men- mental process or, um, you know, just sort of resilience to, to step up and, and go, okay, that's happened. There's not much I can do about that. What can I do now to improve the situation? And that's exactly what we did. Help people off the mountain, those who were still alive and struggling from frostbite. Um, and, you know, obviously looked after my own team as best, uh, best we could. 
I, I mean, what what drives you to keep risking your life on these adventures? I mean, I know you're you're a family man now as well. Um, are you, do you still have the same approach to uh, to doing these things? Um, yeah, I just I, I I love the adventures. That's what yeah keeps me. Uh, keeps me sane it keeps me motivated and and inspired uh to keep living healthily and um no i just i, I, I love setting new adventures and the the, the challenge and the, the process of putting a team together to get the fundraising um you know tweaking the the plan um you know all the, the byproducts of a successful mission a little bit of um notoriety or um people buying you drinks in the pub whatever it might be there's lots of lots of great things that come out of you know, putting oneself a little bit on the line. Um, I think it's a bit important to say also that, um, you know, I have, I have confidence in, in my own ability, but at the same time, I also know my limitations, particularly as I, as uh, the, 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 uh, the years are passing by. You can't do everything that you could do age 20. And so it's about taking calculated risks. Um, and I suppose above all else, I, I, I've often thought that I didn't really want to reach the age of 70. Uh, and have any regrets, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and what's your advice around, you know, remaining calm? I, I've heard, you know, good leaders being described as those that keep their head when everybody around them is kind of flapping. Um, yeah. How do you, how do you remain calm and make good decisions under pressure? What are your tips? Well, it can be difficult. Um, I, I, I've always felt that, um, when, when you're a leader and you're faced with a difficult situation, it's, I think it's more it's more difficult if you're the follower or a, a follower you know I think if you're a leader and you're um you're in, in charge you 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 have responsibility for a group and something goes wrong and you're in a bit of crisis actually it's a great um great way of of simply switching your brain to action mode and and planning and, and resolution mode than it is to panic and um you know succumbing to the pressure and the stress so um, from that perspective, I'd, I'd sooner be a leader than a follower. Um, if that makes any sense to you. It makes a lot of sense, actually. No, because you, I mean, you've got that authority to be that person. That's your role. So that's what you need to do, isn't it? Yeah, I think what? I've always, I've always, um, personally, you know, felt that I've worked quite well under pressure. Um, you know, trying, trying to turn, I suppose, for other people's benefit, try and turn that fear into excitement would be one, one, um, bit of advice it's mm, so a good point there's, so always, there's always enough time to take one deep breath to uh to control your you know your emotions and, and the racing heart always always at least a, a moment to um to have that deep breath and compose yourself and just think through the, the situation and often it's it's uh, never as bad as it really pr- probably at first seems so is that therefore then about Shift, shifting your, your focus of your attention. So rather than thinking that things are bad, you, fo- you focus on, you, you mentioned there the excitement. Uh, you, do you change the thoughts in your mind to make them more compelling and more engaging? Yeah, I think it's a combination of a psychological um, process in your brain um, of exactly that, but also an action-orientated approach. So, you know, for example, um, uh, two years later, after the worst storm 100 years in 96, we went back having failed to obviously climb uh, that year. And um, uh, my climbing colleague and friend, Mick, we were at the South Summit, only a couple of hours from the, from the, the main summit, and he suddenly collapsed. And, you know, normally when somebody does that, they're, um, you know, an hour or so later, they're, they're frozen and dead. 
Um, but you know, he was my friend. I couldn't possibly leave him, uh, obviously abandoned our summit attempt and, and then sort of went straight into, um, action mode to create a situation where to, to, to make it better. And, you know, of course I'm, I'm mentally shocked at him collapsing in the snow, but I, it doesn't take me long to realize that that's, um, that state of play is, is, is not going to do any good. So you switch that side of your brain off. Um, switch the positive um, positive side on what can we do to make this situation uh, different and better and you know we created a plan that took him off the mountain uh, and three days later he was back in base camp and um, we, we were all celebrating his life rather than his death did you make the summit on that occasion or did you did that then yeah i went um having took him back down to base camp um i had to uh two keen team members who weren't fit for the first, um, they had uh, viruses uh, on the first attempt. And, um, you know, literally, I think a few hours later, I'd had a had a, a meal and we were hiking back up the icefall to um, to make our way to the top. And, uh, yeah, that included um, Bear Grylls, who became the youngest Briton to summit. Wow. And what does it feel like to stand on top of Everest to be the highest person in the world? Well, it's funny. That's exactly what I thought, you know, when I got there, um, it was a special moment, obviously part of my, um, seven summits challenge, high, highest mountain on each continent. It was, um, it was a superb feeling, you know, um, a great feeling of achievement, um, thinking that you were the highest, um, you know, member of the human race, uh, at that moment. And, um, it, this wasn't planned, but I, I do remember saying, um, a radio base camp to say we'd run out of earth. <laughs> No more Earth. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and what was the reaction from base camp? Yeah, they were delighted. Obviously, um, any time somebody makes the top, it's a big celebration. And um, but it, it quickly turns to um, you know a hope that uh, everyone gets down as yeah. quickly as possible because most of the accidents actually happen on the way down these mountains. Great. We're going to go to commercial break again, and we shall be back again in another uh, minute or two, and then we shall continue with some uh, some some key messages and uh, uh, to to summarise the the programme. So we shall be back again with you again very shortly. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment, and that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. The 
business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with uh, leadership expert and adventurer Neil Lawton. And uh, Neil, I've just we were chatting again during the during the break, and uh, you know you've done these some of these amazing things like standing on top of Everest and your sky car expedition, etc. But I'm kind of wondering. I mean, how how do you think that those stories? you know relate to maybe some of the people are listening who who will never actually climb everest it's it'll get very busy on the top if everybody did um or will never actually do some of these things but i mean how how do you think it how do you think it's um relates to you know the average person who may just um want to develop a career and develop a business Sure. I mean, it's not um, everyone's cup of tea to climb Mount Everest and, and do some of these other mad challenges. It's just something that um, I aspire to do. And I, um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a bit of a minority really to do that. But the, the, the similarity and the relevance is actually, um, for me, that was a, an aspirational goal. And I, um, I went after it. And, and I think that's what it's all about. So everyone will have um, their own Everest of some description. It might be a, a sales target. It might be getting married. It might be running a marathon. Whatever it might be, it's, it's actually having the courage and the conviction and the confidence just to say, that's what I'm going to do and that's what I'm going to achieve. Hmm. Uh, and I guess, I guess, you know, sort of pushing yourself to do something a bit, a bit different. I, mean, I look back on my life and, and, I, and I've not done some of the things you've done, but I've done, you know, I've done a couple of marathons and I've, I've climbed a, a few, a few, uh, probably to you big hills, um, and things. Chris, and, you're a hero. Don't, don't be but, too much. <laughs> but I look back on my, you know, I look back on my life and some of those things really do stand out. And I look back, they, they give it color. Uh, so Absolutely. actually just, you know, pushing and doing something a bit different. Um, is uh, you know gives gives your life a bit bit of colour, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think you know you you do these uh, little challenges, whether they be organised challenges, charity events, but you're doing something a little bit different. We talked earlier about making um, and standing out in the crowd, and I think um, that's certainly helped me in my business career. So you know, when faced with three salesmen all selling the same service. Um, you win the contract because the client um, rather likes having a, a, a drink or a coffee and chatting about fun stuff other than just work stuff. And and um, I, I really do believe that's the case. So if you've got an interesting story or you've you've achieved something or you have a, a, a passion about something, wine making, flower collecting, stamp, um, whatever, uh, you know, you're you become more of an interesting person, not just an object to uh, place an order with or, or whatever it might be. No, I think that's that's very true. You know, I remember back sort of two, two or three years ago, I was um, running some tele seminars and things, and I might get. I had one occasion when only three people turned up, and you know, just a little bit of extra effort to do this show, which I absolutely love doing it. And uh, you know, a few few months ago, I was just got a complete shock when I found out that it was accessed almost a hundred thousand times. Um, wow! You know, and it. It doesn't seem a big thing to me now. It was just something I've sort of, sort of did, but it, you know, that was a very proud moment for me last, uh, last October when I, I got that news. Um, and it's, it made it all worthwhile, you know. 
Absolutely uh, fantastic. And you never know who that one person in the audience is. Uh, no, not at all. Ab- absolutely. It could, change, it could change your life, you know. It just um, It's a small world and um, that one person could be uh, a key to some amazing stuff that, that happens in the future. Well, you know, and also the... You know the relationships with the guests that I've, I've established by doing this. It's uh, it's given me access to people that I wouldn't normally have access to, and uh, some of those relationships are changing my life. It's uh, it's amazing, really, just by taking a little bit of a- bit of action, doing something a bit different. Um, so anyway, less about me because it's more about you. Um, but I mean, what leadership challenges lie ahead for you now? You've you've done what you've you've done to date. I think it's always important to have some um, challenges ahead, and um, yeah, I have um, obviously. A requirement to uh, a personal wish to keep um, my leadership programs and events for for our clients as uh, innovative and and you know values led as possible. Um, there's all sorts of other uh, interesting uh, entrepreneurial initiatives. We're launching um, a new airline in the south of England, Brighton City Airways next month, and various other sort of consultancy challenges. Um, I've got a, a long-standing kind of project new horizons which is a youth development um charity project with uh, an expedition slant uh, so every year we we take a hundred young people from uh, disadvantaged backgrounds throughout the uk and and put them on a training program a few weekends uh, in the hills and so forth and then i take them on a three-week adventurous expedition and that really brings out um you know some great sort of teamwork and leadership um, skills and life skills, social skills, and, and they, they hopefully give some, um, you know, get some self-confidence and self-esteem, uh, in order to make, uh, you know, get out of, um, you know, state dependence. Um, and that's quite rewarding. Um, I've also got a, a quite exciting new, uh, I can give you an exclusive here, Chris, uh, flying with the wounded expedition. So, um, British, uh, wounded service personnel. Um, who've obviously had torrid time, we're going to teach uh, a half a dozen or so of them to fly and climb and then go to Africa next year. We're going to climb Mount Kenya uh, and then fly off the summit with parachutes and then paramotor between uh, Mount Kenya and Kilimanjaro and do the same, climb the mountain, fly off the top. And wow. so that would be very exciting and, and possibly um, uh, hopefully on some form of documentary for people to see um, how it goes. Wow, absolutely fantastic. So some great giving back stuff in there as well. I mean, before we go, we've only got a, a, a two or three minutes left now. I mean, what are the key messages you'd like to leave us with, Neil? Yeah, gosh, I think um, I think that I would say that um, for people in a leadership position, for, for people who are aspiring to be uh, in a leadership position, I would say it's a great and real privilege. Um, it can be great fun, but it also can be a lot of uh, stress and pressure. Um, and of course, with lots, lots of responsibilities. But I suppose, uh, in summary, I would say, you know, have a go, um, step up, uh, and just be the best that you can be, um, and be yourselves. Make, um, you know, practice makes perfect. And I suppose if you remember only three things, uh, I would suggest that they would be these. Be a nice person, be enthusiastic, and be adventurous. Well, great, great uh, way to end the end the show. Um, thanks so much for being on, Neil. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's a pleasure, um, Chris. Thanks. Uh, and uh, if you want to find out more about Neil Lawton, go to uh, Uh and uh, wish you well with all those uh, adventures. And uh, hopefully, you'll be able to share how you get on with some of them um, in a few 
month or so time. Um, on next week's show, we've got one of the world's leading personal development experts. His name is David Shepard. Uh, he's, amongst other things, he's an NLP master trainer. He's, he's done over 30,000 hours of, uh, of NLP training. That's Neuro Linguistic Programming. Um, he actually taught me um, NLP. And uh, he's going to be joining me to discuss how we can change our minds and by doing so positively, change our future. Um, you know, it's going to hopefully enable us to have more of what we want. Um, I think it's going to be a really uh, cracking show with some really incredible content, possibly life changing. So uh, do uh, join us again next week. And in the meantime, um, have a fabulous week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your week.